Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to recap Williams Company's recent ESG day. Last week, Williams Companies, a big operator of natural gas pipelines, held their first ESG event. ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. Billions of dollars is flowing into ESG funds, which aim to invest in companies with the best ESG score. It's important mainly because money is flowing to buy these stocks, even if the ESG definition is flexible. First of all, the environmental piece is the most important. Social means being inclusive, promoting diversity. No company is going to be against any of that. So it's not very interesting hearing what they say. Governance should mean just following best practices for good corporate governance. This is very important, but there isn't much innovation going on in this area. Either you're following best practice or you should be planning to very soon. Environmental is where companies can differentiate themselves. Just about every company claims a high ESG score. There are even coal companies with ESG claims. And my favorite is Lockheed Martin, which builds fighter jets and weapons. They've been on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index for years. So if you design and build weapons that are intended to blow people and things up, well, I guess ESG is available to anybody. Coming back to Williams, they have a great story to tell on the environmental part of ESG. There are environmental extremists who are like religious fanatics. They think the whole world should run on solar and wind. At Williams, we believe renewables will continue to grow at a rapid pace, and we're fully aligned in the desire for, for a sustainable, clean energy future. However, as a nation, we have become polarized in determining the best way to achieve this goal. It is time to get on with reducing emissions with the knowledge that we have and the sound economics that can be delivered today. Natural gas provides a right here, right now emissions reduction solution that is economically viable and can keep industry and manufacturing here at home. Natural gas may be a fossil fuel, but if your goal is to reduce emissions, you're going to embrace natural gas as a substitute for coal. It's how most of America's reduction in CO2 emissions over the last decade has come about. Climate change has to be addressed globally. From January of 18 to June of 19, so this was just a period of record for this, the non-China countries reduced net coal-fired generation by 8 gigawatts. So a lot to be proud of there, a lot of accomplishment. But during the same time, China grew their coal-fired generation by 43 gigawatts and with another 121 gigawatts under construction. The hurdle to lowering emissions isn't in Western nations. It's in the emerging world, especially China, which burns half the world's coal, and India, the fastest growing consumer of coal. The emerging economy emissions, so this is the the emissions from the emerging countries, was up 3% annually since 2007. The developed countries during that same period 
uh, reduced emissions by 0.7% annually. So this tilt will keep getting worse if the energy solutions we pick are not economic for businesses and heavy industry, because all we're going to do is push those two areas uh, that will tolerate that. And so we really have to make sure that the solutions are economic and just not ruled out by regulation. Getting the biggest developing countries to use more natural gas and less coal is our clearest path to lowering CO2 emissions. Williams has a slide in their presentation where they identify 77 coal-burning power plants in America that they could supply with natural gas if those power plants were to switch. This would reduce our emissions by almost 8%. Around a fifth of our emissions come from burning coal. What if we just stopped using it? Renewables couldn't make up all of the shortfall. But even if we replaced all that coal with natural gas, we'd cut CO2 emissions by over 10%. The Global Carbon Project estimates that around the world, almost 40% of CO2 emissions come from burning coal. Much of this is in developing countries. A good portion of China's emissions come from coal, and they're planning to build more coal-burning power plants than currently operate in America. Four-fifths of the world's energy comes from fossil fuels, the environmental extremists think we could do away with all of this, along with nuclear fall. This is pretty stupid and doesn't have public support. Why don't they focus on something that's still hugely ambitious, but quite possibly achievable? What's more important than this is that we now have a president who wants to show tangible progress on lowering emissions. He's going to be looking for practical solutions, not simply dreams from the climate fruitcakes. And if the U.S. wants to achieve measurable reductions in emissions over the next four years, reducing coal is the most reliable way to do it. Emissions are set to rise over the next couple of years as we rebound from last year. But disappointingly, coal use is set to increase too. Natural gas represents the clearest path for not just America, but the world to lower emissions. Williams Companies recognizes that opportunity. I think as policymakers consider the real choices facing them, they'll come to the same conclusion. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.